pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. <laughs> Welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world, and we are an okay show about video games. Hello, I'm Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And you nearly fell over. Yeah. Because we're standing. We're standing. We're standing. We're just we're standing. standing. I noticed James is sat down. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> when we come in the room, you stand up. <laughs> You'd be up saying, you say, good morning, sir. There we go. Oh, you can't get your mic that okay. high, can you? Uh, why are you standing, Steve? I'm standing because I've got a bit of a dodgy back. You um, suggested that this might be our sweariest show ever. Mm. So far, so good. Good news. Uh, on track to break that record. I've um, I've got one swear in the news that I've had to bleep out. Really? How are you going to bleep it out? By saying bleep. Okay. Do you yeah. want us to Which one bleep? is it? What, uh, which swear? Yeah. Not the worst one. Well, uh, so have I told you about my son's uh, career in swearing? No. He's really, really interested by swear words. And um, a couple of months ago, he's like, uh, Daddy, I've, uh, I've uh, learned a swear word. And I was like, oh, which one? And he said, uh, but look, oh, oh, look, look. And he's like, oh, that's pretty naughty. Picked up another one. Um, I said, okay, well, no. So, so, so he told me that. And I said, that's great, Dexter. I said, uh, you've only got five more to learn. And he went, like, picked that number out of my head. He went, really? Like... <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, what you've done is you've gamified. Right, I've sent him on a you, sent him on a mission. Right. He's looking for that achievement, yeah. isn't he? And then um, a couple of weeks later, when I saw him, he said, uh, "He said, yeah, no." I said, "How's the swearing going?" He said uh, uh, that he'd heard um, someone say the S word. Oh, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's Simon. Pretty yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a couple of weeks ago, I picked him up and I was like, uh, "You know, what's going on with the swearing?" He said, "Well, I've, I said, have you learned the other ones?" He said, uh, "Yeah, I've learned the K one." And I was like. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Which one's that then? And uh, yeah, fortunately, it's it's not that one. It's the other one. Oh, yeah. Good, 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 good. The, you know, you could play the game with dice would be the plural of it. Okay, got Yahtzee. you. Yahtzee. Yahtzee, yeah. Exactly. You're listening to One Life Left, a radio show about video games. And swearing. Uh, this episode, we've got an awful... Lee Good, amazing amount of features. Uh, we're going to be talking about video games, we're going to be reviewing them, we've got letters, we've got music, video game music, but we've also got a very, very special video game guest who's sitting down. James Parker. Hello. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Do you, do you feel awkward sitting down while we're all standing? I do, kind of, yeah. But I mean, I'm going to... I'm gonna, um, I mean, I'm surprised that you're still stuck, because I would have stood up, I mean, but then I'm not as confident as you are. In a minute, I'm go- we're all going to stand on the desk <laughs> to put ourselves like a, like a greater distance between you well, and then see how you respond to that. Yeah, I sat down again because I thought you were going to sit down yourselves. No, we're not now. We can't. I, You've I taken also it too did, far. Yeah, we have taken it too far. And now I'm concerned we're going to be standing through the news. Didn't we do this once before? We did do it once more when we were being all Chris Moyles, weren't we? Now he's mm. back. Right. Is it That's a tribute? I was going to say, it's nice to see you guys. We've not been back together since yeah. the start of this season. That's so exciting. It's a proper one life left. Yeah. Uh, hello. Hello. 
Hello. Hi. <laughs> I missed you. How are you doing? Good. And you've dyed your hair? Yeah. Steve, you're as handsome as ever. Simon, you're still here. Thanks very much. <laughs> Good. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is uh, episode what of season what? Oh, I've lost count. Yeah, Three. something. Our, our caretaker, Ben, he keeps track okay, of that good. sort of stuff. But uh, even though we don't know what number it is or what series it is, should we, should we start it as we always crack do? Crack on. Crack on uh, with Anne's news. Seven oh four on Monday, the twenty eighth of September. I'm Anne Scantlebury, and this is the news. Video game voice actors may strike if a vote by union SAG-AFTRA is passed. The strike, which is backed by actors such as Mass Effect's Jennifer Hale, Broken Ages, Will Wheaton and Life is Strange's Ashley Birch, hope to get actors' royalties for games that do really well, give them more information about the project before they record it, and let the actors know if the recording sessions will be vocally stressful. It will, uh, it will put in the provision for actors to be fined if they are not being attentive on the job. If the strike goes ahead, you can expect a lot more games with my artist as the main character mm. did you read about this simon i did i saw the headlines i didn't read the story uh particularly um but uh, all the biggies are in it and nolan north he's yeah. uh he's he's gonna go on strike as well isn't really? he good mm. um do we think this will affect games in the same way that uh, for, for example the writer's strike <laughs> affected things like breaking bad well it do it will do to a degree because it is very uh obviously um uh, voice actors are very, very important in the narrative structure of games. Um, and if uh, the actors aren't working, then uh, schedules are going to get knocked off. Or, of course, or opportunities get... for people mm. like uh, you'd cross the picket line with some time. Yeah, well, no, you know, just you know, just just saying. If you don't want to do it, then uh, I could do a Batman voice. You could be. I could do be um, that no, dude from Batman. Batman. I could be that dude from. Uncharted, you could. I could. Batman, <laughs> yeah, Batman. <laughs> uh, you you work in audio, and don't you? Yes, I um, do. do you, so, what's your pr- pro take on this? Uh, well, I'm. I think I'm pro the strike. Are you? Uh, yeah, because part of it is um, Boris Johnson. Were you furious with people like you? It's just hardworking Londoners just trying to get on with playing their games. Well, uh, the thing is, a lot of actors. Um, so, a lot of uh, actors that I work with uh, do video game stuff, and um, I chat to them sometimes, and they don't always know what it is that they're working on. So they'll go in, record some lines, and they haven't been told what they're going to be working on whether you know that i think as an actor you do have a right to be uh, told beforehand whether you're like ethically opposed to god if, if only there was a way of asking what you're going to be doing yeah but they, before you take a job but that's the point they often don't get told that kind of stuff and then there is a thing about royalties as well so they uh, so a voice actor's um voice is how they make their money so they go into a recording studio they're paid off for one day the game does incredibly well and they don't get anything else sure, from it but yeah. to uh, to argue against that a programmer's their hands and their exactly. brain is their money exactly. they work on this project for a year and they don't see any residuals either now i am not residuals steve yeah. hard I, 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 I read will wheaton's piece about this i thought it was you know beautifully argued like re- really reasonable i think almost all of the points uh, that he raised that the reasons that they're striking the things that you talk about you know the right to know what they're working on um you know are, are reasonable and I also, part of me, I mean, a good part of me thinks that the residuals point is reasonable too. You know, all people who work on a game theoretically should get royalties. That's the argument. That's where this is going. Um, they don't. And the business model, you know, the industry is not set up to do that. It's set up so that some people get ludicrously rich and everyone else is doing a day job. Now, <laughs> then you get into the same argument uh, that people put, of, you know, about uh, about the, the tube strikes, which is like nurses aren't being paid enough. You know, how should tube Eight strikers get paid more? Than, well, that is, there shouldn't be a race to the bottom. You know, everyone should get something that's fair out of this. I can't see a world in which voice actors end up with residual payments from video games. Um, the you know your argument that they're only doing you know they're doing a day's work. This is the work that they're doing, and they only see a small amount of pay. Uh, <laughs> Is that you know the flip side of that is they put in a day you know this is contract work for them they work on a load of different titles and there are people I think involved in the creation of the game who are much more deserving of residuals I would like to see them get residuals as well 
How do you feel about that, Anne? Over to you. Let's all strike. <laughs> Shower Simulator Rinse and Repeat has been banned from Twitch. The game, which focuses heavily on ideas of consent, boundaries, bodies and respect, was banned for violating Twitch's rules of conduct around nudity. Developer Robert Yang is pretty annoyed about that decision, saying the idea that nudity and sex are allowed on Twitch only when it's uh, tangential and exploitative is bleeping disgraceful. It sends conservative messages for what is allowed to be a real game and discourages artistic experimentation from developers for fear of being banned from Twitch. Have you played this, Anne? I haven't played it, no. Why not? <laughs> don't really like showering. Yeah. Steve and I have been playing it. Yeah, we actually. have. Yeah. Well, That's why Steve has to take a week off. That's <laughs> <laughs> why my back's dodging. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this comes back to the age-old argument of um, sex and violence in video games. We are fine with one and not fine with the other, apparently. There's a lot of these uh, shower games, aren't there? <laughs> a shower, shower with my dad. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Mm, did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, or were we just thinking out loud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like, it just seems like an odd... Uh, odd to, to, you know, well, no, we've been waiting for so long for these, and then two like come the, up. It's like the Minecraft thing, you know? One exists, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, good idea, pile on, do that sort of thing, and then soon we'll be... Exhausted. Soon Microsoft will buy a showering... <laughs> showering simulator for two and a half billion and use it with your oculus yeah. and your hollow lens Default, and yeah. doing all the actions but not actually ever getting clean actually showering is a good idea for a vive game isn't it limited space in which you can move around yeah um the end okay james how do you feel about that about this as uh, someone who makes video games have you uh is it an idea that you go i wish i'd thought of that well i quite like <clears throat> excuse me i quite like tangential and incidental nudity I think there should be more of that in general. I think okay. him dismissing that as a thing that you shouldn't be allowed to have in games. And it, games shouldn't just be about nudity. His argument is nudity is. I think proportionally the main thing. in life there should be more nudity than there should be violence. I would go for a world where there, where nudity is more widely accepted than punching someone in the faces. So. I'd settle at fifty-fifty. <laughs> Lego Dimensions is going to cost you big to get into and will keep you paying to get future fixes. The starter set released this week will set you back £99 on PS4 and Xbox One and £89 on PS3, Xbox 360 and Wii U, with the first expansion pack also out this week, costing about £200. Lego Dimensions will bring characters from across its brands together and developers Traveller's Tale have assured players that they will be able to complete the game and have a great time with just a starter pack. I love Traveller's Tales, and I love their video games, and I love Lego, and that is so much money. It's a lot of money, isn't it? So they've got um, between. So they've got this first expansion pack out uh, now, and then they've got another three before May next year, and then they've got uh, stuff in the pipeline up until 2018. At which point, I think you're actually going to be able to live inside the game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the stuff that they're bringing to the video game and the, 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 the possibilities of the crossovers and all of that sort of stuff is really exciting. It's just, um, I think it's a, it's a tricky year. Uh, personally, I mean, but then, you know, what do I know? Um, they're up against Skylanders, which mm. they've always been up against, but uh, crucially, Disney Infinity um, 3.0, mm. which this year has got Star Wars in it. Mm. Again, I only know what my son is interested in in terms of what the kids are. And he's, uh, he said he's asking for Disney Infinity for Christmas. And it's that and the uh, Amiibo on uh, Nintendo as well. That's another one. That's, that's another one. Yeah. It's just, not... just, you know, there's more than those. Mm -hmm. well, I'd, I'd be astonished if there wasn't a Lego Star Wars Dimensions in the next six months. Uh, what are the expansions between now and May? They've got uh, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, it's all exciting stuff. It is, but it's not just the fact that it's so expensive, uh, this initial starter set, but the fact that you know it's so expensive and you're not even buying the whole thing. You know, you're you're buying the game is you know in instalments. They have said that um, it will it will only be very hardcore, uh, dedicated players that will collect the whole lot. But <laughs> how do you t how do you explain that to a kid? That's nonsense. That's their business model. I think the tricky thing, apparently, I've not played it yet. I'm looking forward to playing it, but um, apparently, um, you need to build the portal before you can start playing it, and that takes about an hour and a half. So you've got to build it out of Lego before you can do. And uh, I mean, I know, like, we all know what it's like when you get a game and you put it in, and it goes, oh, "I just need to download this update <laughs> yeah. file." How frustrating that could be! You've now got to build what if this. There's a piece missing. Oh, it doesn't bear thinking about, does it? <laughs> 
Sony is not looking to bring out a successor to the PlayStation Vita anytime soon. Speaking at the Eurogamer Expo, Sony Worldwide Studios boss Shuhai Yoshida said when asked about the Vita 2, people have mobile phones and it's so easy to play games on smartphones. I hope that this culture of playing portable games continues, but the climate is not healthy for now because of the huge dominance of mobile gaming. The Vita was launched in Europe in 2012 and now sales have slowed right down with nothing looking to take its place. Looks like it'll be Vita forever. Hey, yes. I've been playing a lot of Vita recently. It's good, isn't it? Lama 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 right. It's great, but it does feel like an old piece of technology. It's funny, yeah, because 2012 is not that, not that long ago, not is that it? Long. No, really, in the scheme of things. Well, it's three and a half because it was out in February, you know, beginning of the okay, year. Right. But I mean, you know, again, in the scheme of things. In the, well, yeah, I guess in the scheme of things, you know, in your like, long life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But do you, but do you get the it same goes feeling? so fast, Dan. <laughs> goes so fast. Just hang on. Just, just, just try Enjoy every day. Don't get old. <laughs> when you're playing it, do you get the same feeling, the sort of like old technology thing? Yeah, I think I think um, the issue is, you can you can sort of feel it creaking, although it isn't actually creaking. That you know some of the uh, some of the load times are quite long, and you don't tend to get that sort of thing on mobile. I mean, I, I still prefer it as a portable gaming yep. platform. I'm, I'm about to take some very long flights, Anne, over the next few days, and uh, I, I, my Vita is currently on charge now. I've, uh, <laughs> Does it take that long to charge? No, it doesn't. Up? I'm just so excited about taking it away and being on a plane and playing. You know, I'm finally going to complete the swindle. <laughs> Definitely, uh, I've got other bits and bobs to uh, to enjoy. But yeah, so it's it's brilliant. It's just um, I was quite disappointed to hear these comments because I think that the Vita does offer um, stuff that other formats can't. And um, to sort of know that we, uh, if this is to be believed, that we won't be getting an enhanced version of it. I, yeah, I'm a bit sad about that. And with Nintendo rumoured to be moving away from uh, consoles and indeed dedicated gaming devices as well, are we seeing the death of the portable D-pad? Well, yeah, let's 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 hope not. And then what after that, Steve? Do we? Is it the death of consoles? And then the death of video games? Uh, and then and the then, death then, of then us. Uh, well. And finally, if you're thinking of learning to drive, don't follow the lead of Adam Jones, who was recently jailed following a 100-mile-per-hour car chase with police. After causing thousands of pounds worth of damage to cars in Grantham, he admitted that he didn't have a licence and his only driving experience came from a PlayStation game. He was told in court, you drove as fast as you could as if in a, in a video or PlayStation game without any care for those around you. This wouldn't have been so bad if more games focused on accurate parallel parking than driving really fast. Which one, 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 which one? I know. Why, why would he say uh, video or PlayStation game then, the judge? Uh, Fuddy-duddy, they're out of touch, aren't they? <laughs> one, of the, one of those old right. PlayStations. Like, yeah, well, so what, it was Drive yeah, Club, I mean, although that was... I d- I, I'm very interested, so I was saying earlier, I'm, uh, I'm going to be learning to drive soon. You are, apparently. And I wanted to know which game, because right. if you can get up to 100 miles per hour, you're probably doing all right, yeah, aren't I'm you? I'm doing all right. Um, I remember driving out of a music festival once, um, and uh, it'd been raining, obviously, and it was through a muddy car park, and genuinely, my um, experience in rally games stopped me crashing. Like, I'm not joking. Just it, car was skidding. I was going very slowly, but slipping and sliding all over the place, and uh, yeah, video games helped me out there. Video games saved Should be encouraged. What's yeah. the matter with you? Video or PlayStation games should be encouraged for... <laughs> For drivers. Is that it, Anne? That's it. Hey, did you hear the news last week? No. Okay. <laughs> One life left video game news with Anne Stanford.
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a piece of chip music. It is from chipmusic.org, and it is by Atari Tufty. It's called PFM. No idea what that stands for. Any uh, any guesses from our assembled team? Uh, PFM. PFM. It's personal favourite man. Pretty effing magnificent music. Music. Pretty music. music. Yeah, Def- okay. definitely. Anyway, uh, yeah, as mentioned, it's from chipmusic.org. We are One Life Left, a radio show about video games. We have a very, very special guest joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's James Parker. Be upstanding. Ooh, we, you I are. have stood up. You have stood up, haven't you? Why was that? I. It was peer pressure. Um, was it? I was taught we- so, so much... For so long at school, not to respond to peer pressure. We love peer pressure. And we now love, we absolutely love it. It's all it's our favourite thing. Honestly, do you love yeah. it, James? We yeah, love, you know, it. We love it. it. Just we say you love, love it. it. I love it. I do love peer pressure. You're right. How are you all doing right. then, James? Last time I saw you was in a Weatherspoons in Birmingham. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, not just any Weatherspoons. The, the, the best Birmingham any scene. Ah, well, I'm not sure about that. That's the Weatherspoons in Hitchin, um, where you could drink for one pound fifty a pint. In this Bir- in this one in Birmingham on Friday, four pounds twenty. A pint. What? That's not Weatherspoons, is it? No. No. Pounds twenty. Like, if anything, that's London Weatherspoons. Well, that's a, that's a Sunday roast. Yeah. Weatherspoons, it should be. Not a pint of Fosters. You should get a beer and a curry say for other, that. I'd say other alcohol is available. It wasn't. Because they, <laughs> they'd run out. And that's also true. Um, I saw you at the uh, EGX, which I believe is what they call the Eurogamer Expo. Yes, I was there from last Wednesday till yesterday. <laughs> How was it? It was joyous. Though. That's a long old time. Yeah, I set up on Wednesday and then uh, left yesterday. We should explain. Uh, so you're from uh, Ground Shatter? Yes. Um, it's like, so I was wondering if there was like a word on the end of it, like li- limited. You can add limited for you, legal okay. reasons. AG. Um, so what were you doing up there? Uh, I was demoing my game Skyscrapers uh, to anyone who'd come and see it. Okay. Uh, tell us about Skyscrapers. Uh, Skyscrapers, it's a competitive multiplayer platform fighting game where you're racing your way to the top of a collapsing building. I've, uh, I've been playing a few builds of this game, and I have to say, what I really like about it is uh, it, feels like it's, it feels like it was made in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we've gone for, really. Cause we, All the best things are. We like the Sega Saturn, so really, any, if it could come out mid-era Sega Saturn with an expansion ramp pack, right. and that was really our target platform, but... We have a kind of commercial side that says that's probably not the best okay. target platform for the game. What are you releasing? So it we're on coming that? out on PS4 and uh, PC versus Steam in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's a, uh, there are a lot of uh, multiplayer, uh, local multiplayer games at the moment. Um, uh, what do you think it is about sort of console gaming at, at this point in time, where we are collectively gathering around a single screen as opposed to doing the Bluetooth headphones and shooty stuff online? I think it's a combination of things. I think partly because and the AAA developers have abandoned it to some extent, even because Halo's not going to have split-screen multiplayer and lots of the other big shooters don't have local play anymore. Um, and also, it's it's kind of easier as an indie to make a multiplayer game than it's one with uh, online or single-player. Okay. But not that... Oh, I've got single-player mode, so I'm, I'm better than those guys. Right, yeah, so you're, you're, and you're also better than uh, Rainbow Six Siege, which is, uh, so they're not having a single-player mode. Yes. Um, the influences then for Skyscrapers then, what, uh, what um, games specifically do you think of uh, well, drawn uh, upon? It's, uh, it's got elements of lots of things. The, um, so I wanted to work with the artist Tom Waterhouse on, on the game, so I, I tried to make a game that would entice him into working with me. Who's, and also who's, who's Tom? Uh, Tom Waterhouse, he's a he's a 2D artist, and he he kind of he's hugely influenced by all that kind of SNK and Capcom stuff from back in the day. And so yeah, something as kind of ludicrous as jumping up a collapsing building uh, in a cartoon style was exactly the sort of project that I thought I could draw him in with. So it was a honey trap, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. How's it been? Because um, you're uh, you're you're publishing this yourself, aren't you? Yeah. How's that How's that going? It's all right. I'm I'm learning every day because um, I've I've been tooling around in the industry for a long time, so I've kind of seen it from lots of different perspectives, and it's it's clearly much easier now to get a game out on on console than it was back when I started working on PS2 games. Um, but yeah, there's you there are new hurdles and there's other things to deal with, but it's it's exciting. I I didn't think necessarily I'd get to the point where I could be going. Here's my game. I've made it myself. Now you can play it on a console. That's a m- massive win for me. That's exciting. When's it due out? 
in the next couple of weeks, just waiting for Sony approval. And okay. then so you're, you're, you're coming out of busy time? Yes. But that shows that you're not scared of anybody. No, well, why would I be? <laughs> <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of, I mean, do, do you have any, um, like any preconceived idea about how well you want it? Like, you know, what are your expectations? It's really difficult. I'm in that situation where it's my first kind of solo project in this kind of environment. Um, and there's as many kind of success stories as there are horror stories. And you've just, uh, it, what's been really nice about being at EGX kind of this weekend is that lots of people have played the game and it's essentially the finished version um and it's not been terrible um previous shows you can go along and have a build and people play it and then you identify loads of things that you need to fix and there's commonality between the stuff that nobody gets so to take a finished build to a show and know that you don't necessarily have the option to fix all those things before release is quite nerve-wracking so uh, the fact that we could do that and people seemed to enjoy it and we could leave them to it and they would play it and they would tell each other how to play and they'd go and get their mates and go, this is what you do without us having to constantly lean over their shoulder and tell them what to do. It's kind of nice. What part of the show were you in? Were you in the, the rest bit? Yeah, I was in the rest section. It's pretty busy, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was, it was kind of hard to know because we were... Because all the kind of three indie sections were down at the back of the hall. So uh, at the times we went away to get food and a wee or whatever... Uh, you'd see what else was going on in the show, and there were there were kind of isolated pockets of queuing for different things. And it was right. very, very hard to uh, to know how busy the whole show was at any one time. It came to us; it came in waves. So right. pe- people would come down our corridor, and then the next corridor would be completely empty, um, and they would just kind of cycle through. Did anyone um, try and break your game? Uh, you occasionally get people who just want to stand on the ground fighting, mm. and they've who have kind of. I don't know, missed the point or kind of just would prefer to just hammer a button, just stand still, not worry about the racing aspect. But, but no one came along aggressively and was like, right, I'm going to ruin this guy's day. No. Someone did with me. Did they? And Chime, when I was demoing it at Rest. Right. A child came along and was like, I, I explained patiently how to play them. They did uh, how to play the game and they did exactly the opposite. Right. Deliberately. Uh, to the point that the game ground to a halt. And then they just walked off satisfied. Which was actually That's quite good, because we fixed that now. Right, yeah, so yeah, if yeah. they turn up at the next thing, <laughs> exactly. got them. You weren't, uh, you weren't just there with Skyscrappers, though, were you? As a company. <clears throat> no, uh, well, uh, there w- another game that I developed was also at show. Showing off. <laughs> two games. Two games. Yeah, two, it's weird. Games. Well, I was surprised by this, um, I, uh, because um, I, I, I didn't actually see Skyscrapers up there. I was only up at EGX very briefly. Um, but I did see your other game, which is called... Black and White Bushido. Black and White Bushido. Um, and I'd, so I, I'd, I saw your logo on it, and I was like, okay, cool, that's a game by James. He didn't tell me he was doing that one. I saw somebody else's logo on it as well. Hmm. Yeah, Endemol Shine UK. Well, the, the, the big brother people... So, so what's going on with them? Uh, so they came to me, oh, I guess, about six months ago. Um, and they were looking to make... They, they have a, a YouTube channel called Legends of Gaming where they get a bunch of YouTube stars to play games against each other. And they were having a live event last month at Alexandra Palace. Um, and they wanted a game. They wanted a, a kind of proper PC console game to, to go along with that, right. that kind of strand. Um, and because the, the game idea they had... Uh, which is this kind of uh, single-screen uh, black-and-white ninja fighting game where you can... Uh, it looked like Ikaruga sort of fighting, like in the sort of flipping between black and white, and, yeah, it seemed really interesting. Yeah, there's there's a, a scene in Samurai Jack, uh, apparently, okay. where where there's these two black-and-white characters and they can hide in their own colour and they can jump out and attack yeah. each other and other things. And it's nice, it's a really kind of uh, neat core idea. Um, and they'd seen Skyscrappers and they thought we'd be a good fit for that. Um and I'd not really intended Grand Theft to be a, a work for hire type studio, but it's very hard when someone goes, you know this game you're doing, we want to do a game that's got a lot in common and it's a proper game and you're not, you're not going to have to make a free-to-play Mac 3 game to go, oh, I'm going to turn down all that lovely money. So I did it. And is it out now? Uh, I believe it's out at the end of this week. Okay. It's, it's, um, I mean, what's uh, struck me as... Um, really smart by them is that if they are the channel provider i mean i know that legends of gamer is gaming is a sort of aggregation of people with names and an 
initial um who uh, appear to be very popular amongst the uh, kids but uh, yeah just obviously i don't know who they are but um uh yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna um, build a channel then also to uh, sort of own the content struck me as being pretty smart i mean obviously they didn't get to where they are by being idiots did they but um do you think we're going to see more of this it's certainly an interesting way to go i think i think as obviously all the broadcasters are looking at youtube and saying how can we get a slice of this pie um, and slicing that pie up in interesting ways is a thing that big companies like Endemol who've got money to spend on experimental ideas is is a good thing to do. Right. Uh, so both games out this uh, within the next few weeks, you yeah, say, right? Competing essentially with myself. Well, so what, so um, uh, black and white Bushido is on what formats? Uh, it, it, PC initially. Okay. And then console later. Sounds to me like an exclusive. And uh, what well, it means is an exclusive piece of information for the show rather than a console <laughs> exclusive. Uh, and Skyscrappers will be available on? Uh, PC and PS4. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. The CEO of a local cart manufacturer has resigned after it turned out that the company had falsified emission testing results. Wario had set up the carts so that when they were tested for banana and shell emissions, it gave better readings than when they were driven on the cart tracks. Wario said in mitigation, It's a fair cop, but society is to blame. I'm just thankful that they didn't look at how much garlic is pumped into the atmosphere from my carts. Otherwise, I'd have been in even bigger trouble. Wait, did I say that out loud? Instead of appointing his close friend Waluigi as CEO, the board of Wario's carts went for Donkey Kong to take charge. Mostly because he wears a tie. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Letters. Thank you very much for your letters uh, we've received this week. Uh, we've got some pretty long ones, so we should, we should crack on with it. I think, Anne, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, this is a letter from uh, Ben Balthwick. Dear team, One Life Left and super special guest, how are you? I'm well, if tired. I'm actually writing this email on the train back from Birmingham, having attended this year's EGX, which was held at the NEC. Despite three years or so of attending gaming events fairly regularly, I've somehow never got to try a VR headset of any description up until this point. And as you can imagine, I was somewhat sceptical of the whole thing. However, at the show, I was fortunate enough to get myself booked in to try the new HTC Vive, or Steam VR, headset and the PlayStation VR. And while the latter was quite fun, I have to say I was blown away by the HTC. Uh, The first demo had me standing on the aft of a sunken boat underwater as fish swam by, which would react to my hands holding a couple of paddles as I waved around. Then an enormous blue whale nearly took me off my feet as it came from the depths right up to the edge of the ship and I was in awe. But the real highlight was the fourth demo in which I found myself uh, in the Aperture Science Labs from Portal fame, tasked with exploring my surroundings by a robotic voice and then getting to interact with Peabody and Atlas from the game. The finale, of course, had my disastrous attempt to repair Atlas admonished and belittled by GLaDOS herself, coming right up in my face to do so. It was really incredible, and though I still remain slightly apprehensive at cost and practical issues, I can finally see what the fuss around VR is all about. And it got me thinking of a question I'd like to put to the studio. Do you think people are likely to be more welcoming and receptive of VR experiences if they are based around familiar established franchises? Or do you think that developers need to create completely new IP or centric universes to take full advantage of the format so they're not tied down by the expectations that might be there from some universes? To note, ironically enough, the Portal VR demo did not contain any portals whatsoever. And also, what do you think a perfect Mario Key VR experience would look like? Thanks again, guys, and keep being awesome. Mm, good questions, Ben. Oh well, it's going to be a bit of both, isn't it? I've, um, I've, uh, there's loads of talk about VR, uh, not least on this show, um, and I think um, from the, some of the stuff that we've seen, uh, yeah, the way that they are using um, some of the established franchises, for example, Sony, I believe, have got a, um, a heist version um, where they're using essentially the getaway as a um, sort of bank robbery bit, which sounds really good. Um, but then they're also doing sort of lots of other little, little playful bits, so. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be a mix of both. I think obviously the franchises are going to be what's going to draw people in, but it'll be the other curios that I think will be the most appealing. Yeah, you use the franchises to uh, get people in in the first place. The experiences though have to be designed to fit the hardware, and Vive blew me away from the start. It's next level sort of VR type experience for me. I love um, the stuff that we've experienced, you know, in Oculus and, and related things already. They seem like decent ways, very, very good ways, in fact, of experiencing the same sort of game worlds we've played around before. But with Vive, I can already see very, very special experiences that just won't be possible using different types of hardware. I'm really, really excited to play them, but also hopefully to work on some as well. Um, my, uh, I've been thinking about my dream VR team-up, oh, yeah. and it's literally any VR company and NASA. Saw the amazing moon last night. I want to go to it. I'm not going to get there. It takes a really long time. And You're I learning to drive, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Start. So just pop, pop, all the way up. Um... Yeah, uh, them and NASA would be brilliant. Go around actual stars and onto Mars and stuff. Find all the water for ourselves. <laughs> be so good. Hey, what if we're already in VR right now? Whoa. If, if you looked at the queues at EJX, people were queuing up for anything that was VR. Mm. So it's a good opportunity for people to come along with new <laughs> franchises and um, draw people in that way because people are just going to be excited to do anything that is immersive in that way. So people were, were stopping to play games they'd never heard of just because it was an opportunity to try on a VR headset um, but that's kind of symptomatic of the fact that as soon as people have got hardware they'll just pull in as much content as they can so. Adam writes long time long, sorry long time listener uh, one time an art winner first time questioner What's a game you've played in a way that wasn't designed to be played? Uh, my example, old Amiga title, Stunt Car Racer. Friends and I spent ages crashing, crashing on purpose, seeing how many holes we could put in the chassis without cracking it all the way around and thus rendering the car unusable. Dumb fun! Over to you, team, and special guests. Um, driving, again. Uh, so I'm not very good at driving because I can't drive. Um, and I was playing GTA and I just got really, really frustrated because I couldn't drive around. I couldn't do anything. So I decided to drive really really carefully mm. and I had a lovely time and I just cruised around it was brilliant turns out driving safely is fun <laughs> uh, I role played Skyrim as Kelly Clarkson mm -hmm. um, for 60 hours just trying to think do you play by the rules Simon <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I don't uh, not the maverick you thought you were no yeah that's right I'll, I'll go through every tutorial very carefully <laughs> yeah I'm going to need to branch out James, you got anything to add? No, I, I'm of a similar boat. We're boring, aren't we? I'm, I'm, my SimCity levels were rigid grids, just mm. perfect. Thing, no, nothing fun. Maximise efficiency. James, you've got a letter. Yes, it's from Robert Wells. Weasel Spoon. Weasel Spoon. Uh, oh. Hello, team and SSG. SAG AFTRA have proposed a strike to protect their voice actors working on games, mm, as we heard yeah. in the news. <laughs> Will Wheaton has written an excellent post explaining why it's not just about money. It's partly money, partly working to conditions, partly safety concerns, but mostly that the big studios are refusing to negotiate with the union. I was wondering what the situation is like over here. The British studios use an equity standard voice acting contract. Also, do you think this will lead to the games industry becoming unionised? Pip Pip Robert. Unionised. Mm. Weaponised. <laughs> I, I, I think the thirst for money will exceed the desire to do things properly and they will continue to employ non-unionised actors and get things done cheaply or at least for in the short term. I think the interesting point comes when, you know, uh, particularly with regards to VR, when games start crossing over with um, immersive play experiences, and by play I mean stage plays, then you're going to need proper actors. I mean, you need proper actors now, but you also need proper designers, proper coders. It's very, very complicated business. I do think that there is uh, equity of, uh, have a pretty strong grasp on a lot of stuff and I think that there are uh, equity standards for most things and I, even though I don't know for certain I am almost certain that includes games mm. I, I just don't think that they are probably very very good but, and I think that you can get away with paying actors uh, relatively little for their voices right now I used to do script writing for games and uh the Writers Guild of Great Britain produced a, a really great document for, for people wanting to get into writing for games. And there's, because certainly there's a perception outside the industry that that's 
somebody who writes for films can come in, do games, and games make loads of money because they've seen GTA on the news, so they assume that there's tons of money available. And it sets out a load of kind of payment schemes and whatever. And it, that provides a very helpful backing for when you're negotiating with a studio to work on a game. And you say, well, these are the writers' guild rates, and they go, we're not going to pay you them. Hmm. But at least you've got a starting point. At least they're, they're kind of making a, an inroad into suggesting what would be a good way of getting people paid which doesn't rely on asking the person down the end of the corridor who wants to write a post-it note <laughs> and then you have problem uh well not problems but obviously then um you have small indie studios that are starting up and then they get slightly bigger and you know people sort of get tagged on for uh for one game for another game uh and then at what point does it then become unionized if it doesn't start off with a big Well, honestly, I, in my experience, indie studios are far more likely to offer residuals um, payments based on performance than bigger studios because they don't have a big budget to play around with at the start. So they're more likely to say, OK, we can't pay you much right now, but you know, if the game's a success, you have a part of this. If you're talking about a big studio, their structures are just not built to accommodate that sort of things. And they'll just be like, OK, well, we can't get you then. We'll use... <laughs> someone else and there's always people hungry I'm available yeah we're, 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 we're all available yeah. <laughs> no one left left excellent thank you very much for your letters this week um, we're not going to be here next week but don't mm. let that stop you from writing to us at team at onelifeleft.com to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're all still standing up in the studio. How do you think it's going, Anne? Well, I was just uh, doing a performance review of standing up. Mm-hmm. Simon thinks it's good for us. I do think it's good for us. Healthy. Uh, yeah, but I'm questioning, is it, uh, is it impacting our performance? We're adopting a similar body, uh, like a, a similar pose there, Anne. Hand yeah, on hip, see, one on the... Because I'm not sure what to do with my hands James now that I'm standing. James has got his pockets. I've Get them my... out of your pockets. I've got my hands scruffy my arms bit. folded. I've got hands on hips. I feel quite aggressive standing. Okay. This is the theme from James's game. Well, I said, when it came on, I said, James, this sounds like good music proof I played it. <laughs> and I noticed you didn't recognise it. No, all music sounds the same to me, though. Right. Time for Game Under. Previously on Game Under. I still haven't been rumbled as an undercover reporter looking into feminist corruption in the games industry. In fact, I'm starting to think there might be no such thing. I got an email this morning telling me to meet a source in the stationery company. Hello? Oh, it's you. Wait. No. Ow. What happened? Welcome to Game Under. What? Where am I? Where you are is that important. I can't see. Who are you? We are Benedict. We are in control. We are the games industry. This is where decisions are made. It looks a bit like a damn cave. Are you wearing purple robes? It is fitting for our power. How do you know who I am? Why have you brought me here? We tried everything we could to distract you. Problem upon problem to keep investigative journalists occupied. We released Bugwood Games and Golden Sale. We started to charge hundreds of dollars just for DLC. We put you and an ex semi literate amateur journalist in charge of one of the largest games companies on the planet. We fired Hideo Kojima and continued to make Tony Hawk games. So many things to investigate, but still you insisted on looking for a different truth. The truth of the conspiracy at the heart of the games industry. So we have decided to tell them the truth. Which is? The true nature of the conspiracy. Game Under, what a cliffhanger. And we're not here next week. I know, you'll have to wait for two weeks. He sends them through early. Surely we can have a little listen to ourselves, can't we? Satisfy Yeah, and also, maybe our listeners have saved this episode for the Uh, day before the day. Yeah, very very clever of you. I mean, the news will be old by that point. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, reviews, what have you been playing, Anne? Oh, uh, I have been playing uh, the Downton Abbey game. What? How do you from Activision? <laughs> Published by Activision. <laughs> uh, right, I've never knowingly watched an episode of Downton, but then I heard uh, some people were talking about it, and I was like, oh, I should probably play that one. It's free, isn't it? Um, it is a very free-to-play game, as in they just want all of your money all of the time. Um, and I, I, I was... Um, uh, I timed how long it was before I was like... Oh, it would just be easier if I'd paid them some money. But obviously, I'm not going to do that. Obviously. I'm not giving Downton any of my money. They're already rich, aren't they? They live in that big house. That's the point. Um, and I think it was like, I think I got about 20 minutes of gameplay before I started getting like, oh, you could just buy some more of these. And there's a ridiculous uh, set there, which is like, you can buy stuff that's, what I think it's like an £80 um, package. And, and basically, once you've paid that, then you're good for the rest of the game. What, um, what are you actually doing in the game? It's so this is the other thing it's quite confusing to understand what on earth you're doing so you've come to the house there's been a crime loads of things have either been stolen or just moved about the house oh, it's sometimes hard to tell what's <laughs> and so you're there to try and uh, so you go you get a room given to you and and um, items come up along the bottom and you have to uh, find them and tap on them and then more items come up and you have to do it within a certain so time it's a frame. hidden object game it's a hidden object game Steve object Hidden or stolen, Hop. probably hidden. Um, and then you, yeah, you, you earn uh, coins and diamonds, and that helps you do other things in different places. And other people pop up, and then you can go to other rooms and do the same there. And then, and then it, uh, you've got um, a certain amount of time before you can open this other room, unless you buy more diamonds, and then you can actually open the room. Um, and it was fi- uh, like it. It looks well made because they've used like pictures of their faces and stuff it looks like if you like Downton maybe you'd like it but I don't like uh, being told to buy more diamonds so I can try and find a teddy bear Mm. Mm. Um, yeah I just I found the free to play stuff because I know that it can be done well and I know like there are times when you like it can be done where oh you know you could buy this stuff and it would make it easier but actually you can just continue playing it like this Uh, this was just oh my goodness it was torturous 7 out of 10. Simon. Hi. Uh, I've been... Um, I've surprised myself this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've been playing an awful lot of FIFA 16. Really? I don't play FIFA. Okay. Uh, like, over the past few years, um, uh, in my in my day job, like, the boys, every lunchtime, would go and sit in a room and play FIFA. And then, like, now and again, you'd hear them, like, and, like and stuff. And I, I've never particularly been any, any good at it. Um... But uh, yeah, for some reason, I, I uh, decided to. I oh, know it was it was Dexter again. Actually, Dexter was desperate. Dexter doesn't really like football. He supports Arsenal. Support Arsenal, Daddy. Mm. Um, uh, but he but he's picked up at school that he needs to um, that that it's something he should be interested in. So he said to me last time he said, "Oh, I want to get FIFA." I was like, "Okay, so I'll, I'll sort it out." So I got it. I was driving back with him yesterday. Uh, so on Saturday, picked him up from drama, and uh, said, um, "Oh yeah, I've, we've we've got a new game to play today." So what's that FIFA? Right? Awesome! And so it's the first game we've played together mm-hmm. uh, on the same time. I mean, he doesn't really understand football. Uh, it was switching halves and all of this sort of stuff. And he kept going the wrong way. Then when he went home, he mm-hmm. carried on playing all day yesterday. Oh, and um, yeah, so I couldn't tell you what's changed uh, year on year. What I can tell you is that um, it, it's a new level of uh, presentation in a, in a football game that I've seen. Maybe all this stuff within last year, but as, as a uh, QPR fan, there's a, l- a light flashing in the studio again. Uh, <laughs> this this, this last time don't know what that is um as a qpr fan the ability uh the ability to live or to have essentially a safe world where charlie austin is beautifully rendered and he's not gonna get hurt like he just has in real life and he's always scoring goals um and just yeah i'm playing on semi-pro and i'm i'm i'm, I'm pretty good at it and it's just it's just really nice, is really this just good. A good vehicle for your crush. No, I, but I'm almost certain that is part of it. I'm almost certain. Um, yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard Pro Evo was better this year. Someone said it's back. Pro Evo. Yeah, no, but um, they, they people tend to say that every year. Oh, yeah, um, but it changes but, which one, doesn't it? Like. Well, um, I mean, uh, Pez has, has um, historically every annual update has read like a list of apologies from the back. They go, "Oh, we've got improved multiplayer. We got oh, now we've licensed one other team," um, and you have to jump through a load of hoops in order to sort of make it realistic. Yeah, yeah but I've heard that too. Um, but I don't think Charlie Austin is going to be so beautifully rendered in right, uh, so in soccer. No, that's where I'm, oh, if you need me, Anne, I'll be in front of a massive Charlie Austin on my big screen, <laughs> swooning. Seven out of ten. James. 
have you done Rocket League yet? Has someone doesn't matter. Been doesn't matter. Well, we'd be interested to hear your take on it, Jake, see. and see what how you score it. I, well, I ended up playing Rocket League in a uh, a small tournament at an event, and it was in a pub, um, and I wasn't expecting to play in it. And I formed a team with Andrew Smith, and we got through the first round, and then we got into sec- into the semi final. And I scored a goal in the last second of the game, and it was the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. Wow. Because there was a crowd, and they cheered, and I was like, I, this is what being a fit sportsman is like. Not, It's not like my life. <laughs> it's like being something different right. and better, and everyone loves me. And then we lost in overtime. Ignore so that. Rocket bit. League is, is uh, you know, soccer with cars, indoor football with cars. That's right? sport for nerds. Yeah. Um, what do you like about it? I like the driving about and hitting a soccer ball with your car. Mm, what? So you you're like so like as if you were on an elephant and you had elephants playing football, but it's cars, not elephants. Yeah, it, you can learn to drive in it as well. <laughs> can you? Yeah, it's a perfect game for learning to Have drive. You Charlie Austin driving it. Yeah, Char- Charlie yeah. Austin is in one of the cars. I hope he's such a handsome man. Why, why, why Adam, have you never heard of Rocket League before? That's a, no. That's, a, that's, why, why that's my takeaway from this. Why did you choose to? It's like it's like elephants, but if you took the elephants away. Hey, cars. Why, why elephants? But, yeah, why did you need to take the step from people to an animal to then cars rather than go if you just replace people? It's legs, isn't it? Because I've seen elephants <laughs> kicking balls before. I've never I, what, seen you, a, you've never seen a human I've kick a ball? I've never seen a car kick a ball. <laughs> right. What? With, like, its bumper. That doesn't make as much sense as a, an elephant kicking a ball with its legs. Or a leg. person. No, I a guess a person kicking a ball with their legs. Never leg. seen one, though. Never. <laughs> like my dad. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Right. You've seen an elephant kick a ball. I've never have, no. Well, you haven't lived. <laughs> Good. Well done. What, what, uh, what, what score do you give it? Uh, 7 out of 10. Okay. Um, I've been playing the fantastic arcade Humble Bundle. Uh, I ended up on the Humble Bundle site because Simon was going on about Bang it. Bang on, it was a great oh. bundle last week, wasn't um, it? Did you buy Anne? No. The Game Maker one you should have done. Oh. Oh, did it have Game Maker in it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did for 12. Did you not get it? No, because I don't listen to a word you say. <laughs> right. Well, Yeah, you missed out. It was amazing. And yes. Simon did go on about it a lot. I yes, know, I know. Am I muted on your phone? No, interesting. you aren't. It is interesting because I did go on about it a lot. Are we Facebook friends? Yes. I saw you continue to go on about the same thing, so I just didn't read any of it. You oh. talked about it on the show last week. Yeah. Which Anne wasn't listening. Yeah. I mean, why I didn't turn up. <laughs> if it had anything to do with elephants, should have been right, right exactly, in yeah, um, so I uh, bought that, obviously, Simon, because yeah, I good. pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, but that, that sort of refreshed the Humble Bundle weekly bundle thing in my head, and I went back to check later that day when you uh, you said it was it had run out. And it was a fantastic arcade bundle. Oh, yeah. $8, $12, and lots and lots of interesting new games. Uh, I can't quite see what all of those games are, apart from this, this angle. Hellmouth, Alia, yeah. Hokey... Uh, risky Bison, crap! No one loves me. That's, that's, that's okay. That was Dexter's C word. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Wheels of Aurelia. Yeah. Fez. This, this is in the Hotline uh, Miami. Wow. Luft Rousers. Love that game. Uh, no Breaks Valet. Never heard of it. What's that? Oh, no Breaks Mirror, Valet is amazing. Mirror Moon and is Fract. It? it was actually Fract that attracted me to the pack because I've meant to play that for ages. Haven't had it. Uh, haven't played it yet. Um, but actually, I've only played three games from this so far. Those are um, Alia, which is a rhythm action game, very, very abstract setting. Involves kind of... Oh, no, I've got to set the theme. Uh, just busy yourselves, please. Talking of uh, rhythm action, I, uh, I saw uh, Rising Star Games Vita rhythm action game um, that okay. they're bringing out. I forget what it was called. Sonic. Isn't it brilliant? It reminded me of Dancing Stage Euromix in terms Ooh. of the sort, that sort of soundtrack. It's what, what format? Vita. Okay. It's proper hardcore as well. I loved it. Well, uh, um, Alia is is kind of, very odd. It's it's uh, you know standard rhythm action game. You press four keys depending on which the four symbols. But you also have to in tandem press the symmetrical keys on the other side of the keyboard at the same time. And it's it's very strange feeling. Not sure I particularly enjoyed it, but was interesting. Um, C word. No one loves me. Very very beautifully presented. Odd game which ends up sliding down ramps. Uh, the actual end game is not nearly as arty as the start, uh, but it was very, very interesting. The game I want to talk about, though, is No Breaks Ballet, which clearly you've played as well. Um, Build as the funniest game I've ever played by, uh, I think it was Rob Fearon <laughs> on, on, on Twitter. 
Um, I played it. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. You are a car, or a series of car cars. You've got to park them, not elephants. Okay. You've got to park them in a um, car park. That's where you should park cars. But you've no brakes. Ah. And so you have to collide with things and then slowly roll to a halt inside a parking space. Ah. And there are, you know, 20 cars or so, and slowly gets more and more chaotic it's one of those ideas that i wish i'd thought of and it's also one of those ideas that i wonder whether it came out of someone trying to make a parking game and not putting in the brakes and then thinking this is actually more fun should make that game it's absolutely excellent i've had you know at least eight dollars at least twelve dollars uh entertainment from that game alone totally advise you uh logging on to humble bundle getting a fantastic arcade bundle uh, you know the worst seven thing, out of ten I'm for part, all of them. Part of the problem here, I just taking a look at that page, they do look good, but I, I'm not interested in not having Steam games. They, you get the Steam codes, so you. But, but the the top level doesn't look. It looks like they're all DRM free, and I'm not. I'm, I want DRM in them, like <laughs> like genuinely. Isn't yeah. that weird? I'm part of the problem. I honestly don't think it'll matter because you'll play them once. You'll unzip them on your desktop, play them once, and then never play them again. Which is, you know, I've enjoyed those experiences with them. Uh, they're all solid seven out of tens. I think. Okay, we've got time for one piece of music. What should we have? What do you want? Do you want 16, 19, or 18? 16. 19. I I wasn't genuinely going to say 18. Okay. Uh, So, Steve, uh, you get the casting back. 18. had some brilliant music today that's been good it's been really good this is Jerkamy and it's Test I think it's called Test it's good I think 16 would have been good as well chipmusic.org they'll all have been brilliant we'll hear the other two next week oh no we won't we're not here next week what all oh dear Um, but we will be back in two weeks hey Anne yeah yeah (laughs) hey Simon Simon what (laughs) where'd you get these from hey Steve Steve. Ah, they're from my game. No, are they in your yeah. game? No, they're not in my game. Oh. I, I got them recorded at the same time because I was doing voiceover stuff. And Did you, were, you? You were making your game at the time. I thought you might need cool announcer voices. Oh, we do. Always think of one yeah, like that if you're yeah, making a game. Because then... Yeah. Hello. So... <laughs> yeah. Hi. We could just do that forever now. Every time we need something, Anne, we don't even need to speak to no. you anymore. No. Hey, Thank um... Goodness. Who's doing all of the admin for the next couple of weeks? Steve! Yeah. <laughs> no, I said it first. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, thank you so much for getting that de- de- getting that done, James. Yeah! Uh, if you're making a game out there, make sure to think of One Life Left. Or at least two-thirds at of least One two, Life Left, like Dan Marshall did. Exactly. Uh, when are we going to see each other next? I'm I, So I'm going on holiday, so I'm not, I'm not here next week, but none of us are. And have you, have you told HR about that? Uh, I'm doing that now. And yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not here for the next two weeks uh, so you know enjoy that I'll, I will listen I'll will miss you? you will you I'll see you at the GMAs though that's when we're next yes. going to be together, together and we won't have seen each other so they'll be we'll be, like, be oh, a itching song, won't itching there? for trouble yeah mm, what an exciting day yep to see people yes uh, best in-house radio Thanks show very much. Uh, obviously part of the credit for us winning that will go to our house Resonance yeah. FM and to James Thanks for coming on. No worries. Uh, we need to look out for skyscrapers and black and white bushido. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people stay up to date with your news? Uh, best off following Ground Shatter on Twitter, uh, and then just checking out the stores and making sure you Check buy the games. Okay. As soon just as they buy come them. Out. Just buy just them straight away. Good. Well, best of luck with those. Uh, don't be a stranger, will you? I won't. This it was. It's been over a year. I, it seems like only yesterday I was in here announcing the name of the game. Right. That was an exclusive. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, do you mm. think that worked out for you? Just so we can, yeah. you know, use this as uh, part of our marketing pack. <laughs> How would you say announcing on One Life Left has affected the success of Skyscrapers? It's, it's difficult to give solid metrics before release, so maybe I'll come back in another no, year. I mean, we're, we're happy with you giving yeah, solid yeah. metrics before us. Just, yeah. I can't, well, it's, it's been the, probably the best marketing move I could have done. It's been the making of you. That's yeah. what we wanted. Good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, well, uh, that's it for another episode of One Life Left. Uh, we will see you in, in two, two weeks. weeks. In the meantime, we have been... Yeah. And... Simon. And... Steve. <laughs> that's a lot of work to is do it? that. Yeah, it's not going to uh, get old, though, is it? Never. Probably um, should have got the show title done as well, exactly. so at the time. Mm, next year. Next, next year. year. Next All year. right, see you soon, guys. See you, bye. bye. See you, bye. <laughs>